man. I'll tell you what, views don't get much better than this. We're overlooking the 18th green here at Ibotsi in the heart of Benoni in Johannesburg. Uh, round two, midway through the karting championship presented by Betway. It is part of the Sunshine Tour, which is back, growing, getting better. Of course, we've had the scourge of uh, COVID, but uh, thankfully, uh, players are, are back out onto the course and uh, we are out here covering every single shot, every single ball, and it's an honor and a privilege. Welcome to Raider Golf. And uh, with me is my co-host, Siren Barnard. How are you doing, Ty? Yeah, good afternoon, Derek. It is an absolutely sensational place to host a podcast. I mean, what more can you ask for? There's beer, there's pizza, there's a golf course, there's professional golfers busy showing us how it's done. You know, when uh, someone tells me they didn't have a good day, shot one over, uh, my good day is 18 over. So, uh, oh, it's what a place to be and what a great place to start uh, Raider Golf, the podcast. Yeah, I, I agree completely. And, you know, I love the view of this place, there's no doubt, but it does own my worst ever score. Uh, I think I was with you when that happened, was I? Uh, no. uh, although you've, you've seen plenty of bad scores from my part, so it, it would, you need to rack your brain to remember exactly which one I'm talking about. So it's beautiful, but it's exceptionally tough, and if I'm not mistaken, the only inland links in the country. Uh, as far as I'm aware, it's the only inland links, and of course I'm a, I'm a Boxburg Benoni boy myself, so this is uh, close, to, close to home, it's my doorstep, it's, it's not, I mean, Ibotsi is a fairly new golf course, it wasn't around when we were little. Uh, they turn around. We actually used to ride mountain bikes. This used to be a quarry. Wow. Just down there, we used to ride mountain bikes on a Saturday morning and stuff. So I'm talking back when I was six, seven. So that's 30 years ago. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and I mean, it is a great course. It's a great challenge. It is uh, one of those courses where if you miss the fairway as hack golfers, we usually do that thing where we say, oh, we're not playing on the PGA. We're not playing on the sunshine. We just take a drop. <laughs> um, because uh, when you play in the rough, yeah, it is exactly that. It is rough. Yeah, there's no first cut here whatsoever. And if you're hearing uh, drinks being uh, <laughs> consumed via straws, it's because uh, the man sitting with us has just ordered his Coca-Cola after a nice long round out here at Ibotsi. It is none other than one of the legends of the Sunshine Tour, James Kingston. James, Welcome. Thanks, Tyron. Uh, uh, Derek, Tyron, nice to meet with you guys. And uh, like you say, what a beautiful view that is. Uh, my first time out here at Ibotsi. Ah. Never played here before. Uh, very impressed. Like you say, our only inland links. Um, the unfortunate thing is actually that it doesn't quite play like a links this week because of the rain we've had. Yeah. You know? So uh, I believe that uh, in winter, when the fairway is a little drier, it, it plays a little more true to a, a proper links. So um, it's got a different feel. It's got the look of a Lynx, but it doesn't quite play like a Lynx. I know Ty alluded to a score a little earlier. The reason being is because that's exactly what you shot today. One over? Yes. And happy with it? I know as a pro, anything over, it's not really uh, welcome. But, I mean, as Ty mentioned, if we had to shoot that, obviously we'd be ecstatic. We aren't pros, but this course is tough. Yeah, look, uh, I had a decent day yesterday and, and, and the difference sometimes when you sit back and you think, well, how come I shot six under yesterday and one over today? It's just yesterday when you did hit a few good shots, you hit them close enough, you know, and you make the, you make the putts that count. Today, 
uh, with some pin placements you play a little more conservative so you tend to uh, veer away from the pin you know and hit it in the center of the green which sometimes leaves you with an 18 or 20 foot putt so you don't make that many of those and uh, I felt at the stage I, I couldn't play too aggressively I had to play a little more conservative just make sure that you're here for the weekend that's the first thing um, but that's the only difference sometimes you know is you don't you just don't end up hitting the ball close enough on the, on a particular day and you just don't make the putts that when you do hit a decent shot you just don't make the putt so at the end of the day you shoot 73 and it's not a big difference in the way I played from from yesterday um, and and sometimes that's the way it goes yeah, James I think it's, it's really interesting for me you say first time here so so talk us through what it would be like the first time you come and play but see uh, would you have come through Monday Tuesday played a few practice rounds or what do you do to prepare for a course that you've never played before yeah uh, obviously we sometimes play courses that are pretty hard uh, and what you need to do is you, you need a few practice rounds on them um, I felt I played one practice round on when was it Tuesday Tuesday and and I felt comfortable enough because most of it is in front of you you know you stand on the tee uh, apart from one or two holes we're not exactly sure but once you played it once you you, you know where to go and where you don't want to go um, and, and the greens are in a way soft enough the surrounds are soft enough so you don't feel like you need to play that many practice rounds to to get familiar with the golf course uh, it's also credit sometimes to a, a design you know that people can come play it the first time and and not having to come and play it again to find out where you should and shouldn't go it's it's basically in front of you so you can see most of it and and uh, along with your caddy i mean how important on a, on a course that you haven't played a lot how important does your caddy become uh, the fortunate thing is the guy that's getting for me, uh, Terence. He's been around for many years. He's 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 carried here many times before, so at least he's got a bit of the local knowledge, you know. So uh, it it helps uh, when you've got a guy that's that's been around for quite some time, uh, knows where to go and where not to go, uh, and and he can just assist you in making some decisions around the golf course. One of the reasons why we're here, and I certainly feel it, is there's sudden, a sudden resurgence in the Sunshine Tour. And, and there's no doubt about it that a lack of sport across the globe has played a role. Uh, we're currently in our third event uh, of 2021. And last week over in Dane Fern, uh, kicked things off over at uh, Royal Johannesburg in Kensington. And it's been thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, uh, the super sport coverage, no doubt, plays a big role too. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think people have been starved. I play on the. I mainly play on the seniors tour in Europe nowadays, and last year we didn't play at all. You know, so it feels like it's 14, 15 months since I've played in proper uh, tournament conditions, bar from the last three, three events of last year's uh, season. So, and I think a lot of guys sat at home and did nothing, and I think people want to come out. And you see people sit here; mm. they come and sit on the veranda and they watch golf because they. They feel like they they've missed out on something, you know, and it's like you say, there's a, a bit of an excitement in the air. Everybody wants to play. People want to come out and support. And, and and I think if you if you watch sport around the world, whether it's a tennis tournament, I can imagine tennis especially, you know, mm. where people sit there and you hit an ace and there's five people that clap or there's nobody in it. it. It's a weird feeling, isn't it? So to have spectators around, to to have the excitement of playing tournament golf again, it's unbelievable, you know. And we had our AGM the other night, and and it, it came up in that that um, 
you know, we, we're fortunate in this country to have certain people around, you know, a guy like Mr. Jan Rupert and Selwyn Nathan and, and our board of directors on the Sunshine Tour. The work they've done, the, the job they've done to to get us playing and, and com- competing is unbelievable, especially during COVID conditions. Uh, so credit to all of them, credit to Betway to, to, you know, to stage a tournament like this. And, and give the guys something to play for and, and get a few people to come and sit out here in the veranda. I know they can't walk yet, but at least they, they can come and attend an event and, and watch some golf from, from whether it be on the balcony or not. It's interesting you mention about the fans because Lee Westwood spoke about it a, a couple of days ago and we know how well he did over at the Players' Champs uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, unfortunately, missing out in the win, but he did come second and bagged himself a, what, one and a half million dollars. <laughs> not a bad uh, couple of days at the office. But he said how much he missed the fans. And you don't realize it until it's gone. And he's one of the more popular players on tour. As are you, it has to be said. Uh, You ask a lot of people about who your favorite Sunshine Tour players are. And your name's uh, right up there. Thank you. It's a nice compliment. But, uh, yeah, Lee is a a super guy. Uh, And I think, you know, I'm talking for myself now, not on, on his behalf. Uh, Lee's been around for many years. Uh, he's, he's made enough money out of the game, and and he's obviously achieved a lot of stuff. Um, he, he, he comes up short of having won a major, uh, but I think if I look at him, it looks like he's put that he's put that behind him. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's now going out there and he plays golf because he wants to play and he's and he's having fun, and that's why he's contending every week. You know, even at the age of 47. You know, so uh, I think. Just the fact that he's forgotten about trying to win that major, which has probably always hampered him in his whole career, he's, he's, you can actually see him having fun. And, and when the spectators are around and they interact with you, it becomes even more fun. So um, I think it, uh, you can see in the way he's playing that he's actually having fun out there. Oh, oh, I mean, obviously yourself as well. Uh, we take majors away, but as a South African golfer, there's one tournament that every South African golfer wants to win. That is the SA Open, and of course, you've got that in your your CV, having done that once. Uh, I don't remember which course it was at. Pearl I mean, Valley. Pearl Valley. Valley. There you go. So at Pearl Valley, you got to lift the famous, the second oldest national trophy in the world. And is that is that the highlight? Without any doubt. Um, you know, I, I spoke about it a while ago, and somebody asked me and said, "What made it so special?" You know, because. From the fact that it is your South African Open, it's, it's two years before that I've come close to winning for the first time on the European Tour, and twice I stood on the last hole in Hong Kong and I lost the tournament, you know, leading. So when that tournament came up and when the opportunity to come came up to to win for the first time, uh, it, it was it was already a, a stressful sort of occasion. But the fact that it was the South African Open and You've, you've you presented with a chance again. It just made it even more so. So, uh, and I think that is what made it so special. Had I won in Hong Kong or whatever, I would have wa- I could have walked away and said I've won a, a European Tour event. But for me, luckily in a way, it got saved for the South African Open. If you ask me, would I've rather won the two Hong Kong tournaments and lost out in SA Open? I, no, definitely not. I'd rather, I'd, I enjoy having the SA Open and, and having lost those two tournaments rather. I'll never forget from an emotional side of things, I mean, you were covered in tears after that win. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was it was an emotional emotional ride, uh, roller coaster. My mother was there. 
Uh, she came running out on, on the green eventually at the prize giving and, and she never got to see the next Christmas, you know. So it was a um, it was a special occasion. It was one that will be etched in the memory banks forever. Uh, and the fact that it was a, the South African Open it just made it that much more special, that's all. And uh, we're being joined now at the same time by another former SA Open winner who's going to put the headphones on and join us. Uh, Henny, welcome. Thanks. <laughs> uh, we're just talking about uh, with James about that, that feel of lifting the SA Open, uh, the, the high of SA Open, and you got to taste that same, same feel as well. Does it rank as one of the best things that have happened in your career? Yeah, I would think so. Um, everyone wants to win the SA Open if you're South African, to be honest. I mean, James can agree with me. And the names that's on that trophy, that speaks for itself, you know. If you go look at all the names. I mean, James sleeps with the trophy. He knows, <laughs> he knows all the names. But, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, the names speaks for itself. That's it. Uh, I mean, and Henny uh, and, and James, both of you, uh, obviously you've got wins on the European tour. You've got wins here at home. Uh, now, James, you've now spoken about moving on to the Champions Tour. Is there a tournament, it can be on any tour, is there a tournament that's on the bucket list that you'd love to, to lift the trophy? Uh, there are obviously a few, you know, I think, uh, except from the South African Open, you know, uh, I think the British Open or the Open or the Masters, you know, I, I think, um, I know the US Open is a big event, the US PGA is a big event, but for a little boy watching golf, the Masters is just way up there. But then the Open is is like, is a, is a, it's got a different feel to it. You know, it's like everybody pitches up. The Masters is a very excluded event. You know, it's just an, sort of invitational. And I think from from a, being a little boy watching golf, I would imagine um, the Open or the Masters would be right up there for me. Any? I would take anything. <laughs> 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 no, I think. I mean, I've been to Augusta, the Masters. Um, I would think James is right. British Open, US Masters. That's it. That's the cream of the top. What's it like playing Augusta? I didn't play. I was there yeah. in the tournament. I think Louis made it. The first year Louis made it, I was there. Okay. So uh, I supported him, but it, it's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, it's picturesque. I mean, you look at the pictures in magazines. Yeah. It's not Photoshop. That's what it looks like. Uh-huh. That is it. That's what it looks like. You, you know, we had uh, Lee Westwood. We were speaking about him before you joined us, and Lee was chatting yesterday at a press conference ahead of the Honda Classic, which is the, the next event in the PGA. And you're speaking about what he did this week. He's quite tired because he played 36 holes over at Augusta with his son, and I think he played 18 the next day, if I'm not mistaken. I mean. Uh, what a life, but 36 holes over at Augusta in preparation for another tour, uh, tournament on the back of doing so well at the players. I mean, that's what most of the top players do. Mm. They, they go before the tournament and they go play a few, a few rounds of golf mm. to get the feeling. And so it's an extra two, three rounds above everyone else. So, yeah. And Lee's playing well, so I think he'll benefit because he's playing well, so he's going to hit good shots, he's going to know how to play. I mean, he's been there a few times. Mm. But, but uh, you know, what Denny's saying, sometimes what we do, uh, I've found it with myself, if I'm flying off to an event, it's nice to it's nice to sometimes have your yardage book or whatever, or you sit in the plane and you, you're playing the golf course, especially if you know it. But the Masters is such a, 
uh, every shot is so crucial, you know, where you position the ball, especially on the greens. So having played it now, he's going to obviously, even though it's in a few weeks' time, he's going to obviously sit there and think about it a little bit. And, and it just helps with your course management. It just gets you mentally prepared for an event like that. So it's not just the fact that he's played there so many times. It's just refreshed the memory as to where I want to be on certain holes, where I, not, I don't want to be on certain holes, what kind of shot I want to hit into certain holes. So uh, it, it just... I think mentally he's preparing himself more so than having played the golf course. Well, in a week's time, we go to what Derek likes to call South Africa's Augusta. We go to Serengeti. That's <laughs> um, uh, Derek's home course. I'm, I'm a Boxburg boy, so this is much closer to home for me uh, and, and yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, we go in Serengeti in a week's time. Obviously, you've both played it before, some with very happy memories. But, uh, you know, in the preparation next week, I mean, how much. Time will spend thinking about the course and, and planning and looking at your yard book, or will it be more down to muscle memory almost when you're there? Uh, we've played there so many times, so I think it's just when you get there, it's going to play different because I mean, it's rained so much in Joburg. I don't think the ball's going to run that long on those fairways because those fairways can actually run a long way. So I think that golf is going to play very long and different because all the rain couple of months ago and expecting rain from Sunday and the whole week next week so Serengeti I think it's going to be a good test well we asked James already what did you make of your Botsi sitting here now tough course inland links yeah um, it's wet so the ball as well doesn't run as long as you think so but it's a test your Botsi is a test um, if you keep it on the fairway you're going to score definitely so like I said to the one young professional, I said to him, play the yardage book. Play your numbers on the yardage book. Don't, don't try to beat the golf course. Play the yardage book. And yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's easier said than done, though, keeping it on the fairway. Because if you're not on the fairway, you're in deep, deep trouble. I mean, it's unforgiving this rough. That's <laughs> the beast. I, I watched the amateurs on Wednesday. Yeah, I saw that. No, it's not, not a good sign. I, uh, I was saying earlier, and, and it's... Uh, I've played you a few times being uh, close to home. <laughs> I, I remember the first time I ever played you. I, I'm, a, I'm a, what you call a rough golfer because I don't know what a fairway is. So it's got better. It's got better in time. But I remember landing in the rough. It was on the par three on the front nine. Uh, not the one by the water, the, the other one. And I think it's the fourth, I think. And uh, I landed in the rough because I missed the green. I thought, it's easy. I'll just chip straight through one of those bushes. That was the end of my round because uh, you don't take on the bush in uh, in Benoni and win. <laughs> <laughs> is Izzy Botsi's uh, rough the roughest rough that you find on the, the Sunshine Tour? Or which course really tests you the most when it comes to missing fairways? I think at the moment, if I, if I look at the course, and I can't really speak, he, and he knows the golf course a lot better. I've only played here once, but I believe they've opened, up, opened it up a little bit. So the, the severe rough. Is, is cut back a little bit but the rough just off the fairway is not that bad so they've, they've made it more playable which I think is great because you know people need to enjoy it they need to find the golf ball but obviously if you hit it in that long cross nobody can play from there I don't care who you are so it, it, it's almost like a no-go zone and that's why he's saying you know what you've got to do is you've got to keep the ball inside of that your fairway is actually not just the, the fairway but it's keeping it definitely inside that long cross 
you can sometimes take on the, a certain shot knowing that you're going to end up just off the fairway in the rough uh, and it's not that severe but when you go in there it's, a, it's an absolute no-go zone Brilliant. We have to ask you an important question. It's a very buzz question. It's going around around world golf right now. That's Bryson DeChambeau. Is he a good or bad thing for golf? I think he's good. Um, he's brought something else to the game. Uh, Tiger brought something to the game when Tiger was on his best. Uh, DeChambeau, he brought something different. Uh, he gave... Uh, I mean, he's, he's got this theory and works everything out to uh, perfection. But um, to me, I don't think it can last, my opinion. Uh, why so? In terms of physically? physically. Not being able to, to, to withstand all that, yeah, that stress? Physically. Mm. Um, I mean, it's nice to see. I mean, you can see the people are, are, they go crazy when he hits yeah, yeah. 400 yards. I mean, what was that Paul Five? Uh, yeah, yeah, Arnold Palmer. What, what no, 15, 15, 16, 15. Like a 350 yard carry. carry. Mm. And he hit it 374. Carry. And he hit it 370. Yeah. I mean, if he took it more left, he was nearly front edge. Um, but is it good for your body? Can you last? I don't know. Well, there's a magnificent podcast uh, that was done by the Barstool Sports Guys. Uh, who was their guest? Butch Harmon. Butch Harmon, of course, legendary coach. And, and he said exactly the same thing. He said, you know, Obviously, with people coming in and asking for coaching, they said they want to hit it as far as Bryson. He said, well, so would I, but you just physically can't. And he doesn't know that if he will be able to sustain the longevity, being able to do that over and over and over again. And the thing is, it's not like he started as a big guy. It's different if Ty and I, we both like six foot two, fairly big blokes. We started off like that. That's different. But I mean, he was a string bean player when he started off. And now suddenly he's bombing the ball 370, 380. You know... I think Henny touched on it, and he's right. You know, I think Arnold Palmer was probably the, somebody that changed the game back in the heyday. Uh, Tiger then came along, and he changed the game. This guy, Bryson, uh, he, he's he's gone out and he used his uh, his wisdom, his scientific uh, approach to the game, and he's found a way to overpower the golf courses because the golf club, first of all, and the ball allows it. 30, 40, 50 years ago, you couldn't do that. You couldn't hit the golf ball as hard as, you, as he's hitting it mm. now because your equipment didn't allow for it. So he's found something that works for him and, and he's found a way to overpower it. If you ask him what's the most important part about playing a golf course, it's length. Because if he hits it far enough, even if he hits it in the rough, he's going to knock it on the green and, and him being a good putter, he's always going to be in play. So the, the week that he hits it down the fairway, the rest of the field is in, is in trouble. But then, you know what, we've got guys that, uh, you know, you look at a guy like James Dupree, I played in front of him, and sometimes when there's a blind tee shot, I had to walk quickly, because he's always, uh, you know, he, he tee shots yesterday of 370 yards, 370 meters, you know, which is ridiculous. A guy like, a guy like Volko Ninaver, I mean, the, the difference for me between them is Volko swings the club. He's always in balance. Mm. It doesn't look like he exerts himself. Mm. It doesn't look like he's putting that much stress on his body. Where Bryson is, the only, the only good thing for him is that he doesn't have to, he might not want to or have to play golf for 30 more years. If he does, and if he achieves everything he wants to in the next 10 years uh, and his body then gives up, then so be it. But at least he's, he's gone out, he's found a way. And, and if he achieves what he wants to in the next 10 years, then so be it. Gents, before you go, I know you want to go and 
have a bit of a relaxing time before you uh, hit the course again tomorrow. Uh, got to ask about the Raider Media Awesome Foursome. For you, James, I want to know your best four ball that you'd like to play with. So three other guys, golfers. And from Henny, from your side, non-golfers. Take it away. Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. Whoa. Oh, imagine that. Henny? Non-golfer. <laughs> yes. I, I was just going to say, if I had to, to play with him, <laughs> those, those poor oaks would is be it, waiting. Is, is, is a non-golfer being not a club? These, not these two guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. Is, a, is, a, is a non-golfer a member of a club playing golf? No, or? non-pro. Yeah. Non-pro. Non-pro. Yeah, non-pro. Ah, that's easy. Uh, it would be my grandfather, my dad, my son, and myself. Oh, lovely. Yeah, Lo- right, yeah. uh, again, then, awesome. we've got a bit of time. Uh, golfers? Golfers. I was fortunate I played with Tiger before. Um, what was that like? That was amazing. Jesus. I mean, people don't understand he's still human, but uh, we had normal chats like we have, speaking yeah. about his son, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was uh, six years ago, seven, five years ago. Um, Where was that? Uh, at Akron, WGC. Okay. Um, so... He speaks about his son like I speak about my son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a dad. He's proud of his son. And he said, yeah, he's a toughie. And, you know, this, you know, it was great. It was, mm. it was, a, it was a lovely day. Uh, I beat him. It would be Jack Nicholas. Obviously, Arnold Palmer. But my favorite is Els. Yeah. yeah. I can play with him every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can play with him every day. He's, he's a fun guy. He, I mean, he's just top class. Can, can can you keep up with him at the 19th nah, as well? No, nah, no, nah, <laughs> I don't think. Um, he's calmed down a little bit, yeah. but he has his moments. Uh, um, we all had our moments. Yeah. Look, he he was in an interview recently saying how much he's enjoying the shorter distance of the Champions Tour. Because yeah. the youngsters. Yeah, that's James's section. You can speak to James. Huh? I'm still a long way. No, from you there. got a long way to go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, gents, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, good luck for the weekend. Both of you will be here, and uh, we know your son is cheering you on. Thank you. So hopefully, a good victory, or at least, James, that you guys are in the playoff on Sunday together. The old boys. Well. <laughs> I've got some work to do if I'm going to catch them, but uh, it's nice to be here and thank you for having us. Uh, it's always it's, it's nice to be back playing golf. That's the, that's the first thing. So thank you. And I can tell you what, if anyone wants to find out a bit more about James, there's a phenomenal interview on you in the latest edition of Complete Golfer. I just got back from the garden route. I sprawled out uh, along the wilderness beach and yeah, oh by uh, just around the corner from uh, Ernie's place and reading that article. And I mean, I went through cover to cover. I mean, that article, it, I finished it in seconds. It was so, so good. And yeah, um, congratulations on, on all you've managed to achieve uh, on the Sunshine Tour and, and globally. Thank you very much. And uh, of course, the same applies to you, Henny Gents. It's been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy your round. Enjoy the weekend here at the beautiful Ibotzi. Thank you, boys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Gents. Right, welcome back, and uh, great to have two players segueing into a broadcaster and the man who runs the show here at the beautiful Ibotsi. We'll get to the broadcast in a bit. He needs no introduction. Uh, but neither do you, Hardis Moritz, uh, a man who's got a golfing background involved in golf. And what a spectacular place to be involved in. Yeah, I must say Ibotsi Links is uh, something different. It's quite special. Um, coming to the East Rand and playing on a, on a Links course is uh, quite nice. People always come here and they say, yes, uh, play golf today. I've never had so many uneven stances. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what makes Ibotsi special? It's 
a nice place to play. And uh, when it gets windy, hopefully the wind's going to come up soon and the guys will really see Botsy. It's great that you say that because the East Strand is actually spoiled for choice with a lot of good golf courses. But Ibotsi is kind of a, the, the captain of the class. The, you know, maybe Serengeti doesn't like that I said that, but we'll count them as uh, North, North Rand right now. But, uh, you know, obviously Ibotsi also hasn't been around for 100 years like some of the courses. Uh, just briefly, what, what is the history of Ibotsi? So Ibotsi in 2008, um, what actually happened is... Um, there was a guy named, um, I was just remember his name, his surname is Rulof, so I'll get to his name now. Him and his daughter was riding around in a bicycle on the... That's what I said. He was riding on the... I, I used yes. to ride in this quarry as a kid. 100%. <laughs> so he, he used to ride with his daughter here and he said to his daughter, don't you think it will be unbelievable if there's a golf course here? And he was one of the main developers. So the, it probably began in 2005, where the guys started thinking about it, and in 2008 it opened. So I think in 2006 they broke ground, and they obviously got Peter Matkovich who listened to the land yeah, I think he listened very well to put this little masterpiece uh, and, the, and the way it actually came out. I mean, if you stand here, Dave Usenor flew me down from Pinnacle Point um, because I wanted someone here and he wow. said, yes, Harvest, I want you to come for interview. He flew me down and when I stood on the first green, I said to Dave, I didn't actually think, uh, I mean, in Benoni, it felt like I was somewhere in yeah. Scotland. And that's what the feeling would you get. And I think that's what, what makes Ibotsi special. That, that was exactly my feeling when I came here for the first time. And the last time when I shot 117. Uh, still earns my worst ever score by a country mile. Um, it's extremely tough. But uh, coming from Pinnacle Point to here, I mean, you, you think that it's a world away. But as you say, it doesn't. Because you look at this place, no offense to Benoni, but it really doesn't feel that way. Now, regarding a Lynx, my late dad, and, and bless his soul, he, he was a massive golf fan. And when I was very young, I asked him, what is a Lynx course? And he spun me the biggest load of crap I've ever heard in my life. Um, and I actually believed it up until a couple of years ago. And he said, it's where you can see water from any tea box. That's actually correct. Are you serious? 100% correct. Honestly? Honestly. Is that, is, Wow. So if you can play Mossel Bay Golf Club, I mean, from Mossel Bay, it's not the true links, but I mean, you can see the ocean from almost every tee. But Yumut is obviously the one where you can see the ocean from every, every tee. So Yumut, I think, in Africa is our yeah. only uh, re real links course here. Uh, sorry, we hear... Sorry, you sorry, some Francis links. <laughs> <laughs> we are laughing in the background just to bring him in because obviously he wants to join in the discussion. Richard Maspro, broadcaster extraordinaire. Uh, I mean, geez, you've seen a few golf courses at your time, in your time. Um, yeah, it's a lovely place to say. It's special. Thank you very much for having me on, uh, on the show today, Derek. It's, um, it's lovely to be here. Um, I, I was telling Hardis a little earlier on that um, this place just becomes magical at a certain time of day as well. Sort of after 3 o'clock in the afternoon, just before, for sort of 5, 5.30, this place just goes golden. Everything is beautiful. It calms down. It, it's, it's an incredible place. Um, and it's, it's been so good to get back here this week. Yeah, the, the, this place is not just special for, for how it looks, how it plays. I mean, for me, obviously, I grew up in the area riding bicycles here. Uh, I've got family that lives here in Ibotsi. I was supposed to do, before COVID, I was supposed to move into number three, the fairway over there. And then that got postponed uh, because of our good friend, the pandemic. But, uh, you know, this course is, is exactly what a estate course should be. It's, it's family, it's kids. When you drive through, you're seeing children on their bicycles. But over and above that, it's a challenging and rewarding golf course at the same time. I mean, as an Ibotsi team, you guys must, must be so proud of the product that you have here. 
was a very proud. Um, Gavin Rule also was the guy's name <laughs> I was looking for, just to make sure. Um, yeah, so Gavin was one of the guys. I think um, if you take Ibotsi, if you come and play here, it's a course where you have to think. I mean, you can't just stand on a tee, rip out your driver on every tee and, and hit it. Um, and also what makes it nice is, it's uh, remember, you can remember it. I mean, if I come and play, uh, the, well, the first time I played, you remember every hole. And that to me is important when you play a good golf course, you remember the holes. And the finishing holes, I mean, you look at 16, 17, 18. I mean, I played club champs every year. I was saying to him, uh, to Mr. Maspero, yeah, I've uh, come second uh, two times now. But those holes over there, 17, 18, I mean, they can make it or break it. And that to me also makes Ibotsi very special, the, the, the way it finishes. I, I can only imagine, I mean, Richard, you've played club champs and uh, playing club champs, playing medal. This course has the ability in that final straight, 16, 17, 18. <laughs> so I played my club champs last weekend down in Drakensberg. And I shot a birdie on 16 on, on Saturday, and I'm playing in B division. And I went to 17 and shot six over par on 17. So all the momentum gone. But this, this course has a proper, you know, this 16, 17, and 18 is where you can win a championship. It's got that proper feel that you need to be great down the, the stretch. And that's, that's something special. Richard, is, it gonna, is 16, 17, 18 going to decide the Gauteng Championship this weekend? I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Um, if you look at most of the courses that finish with a par 5, you set up for a grandstand finish. It's guaranteed anything can happen. And especially here where the tee shot is so crucial as well. A couple of guys have made a mess over the last few days. I remember Yaku Prinsloo yesterday was in the lead. Made double drop on 18 and all of a sudden drops out of, um, out of the mix. So it certainly can make or break you. 17 is just a tough hole as well. All the pros are talking about that. And 16 too so it's just a really really strong finish to a golf course and as you say anything can happen here and hopefully it does as well and we get a good finish to the the event it, it's hardly surprising to see richard at a golf event but it's become more prevalent now given the the last couple of weeks Supersport getting heavily involved in in the sunshine tour which is fantastic for sport in general especially given the dearth of sport that we experienced over the last year because of the pandemic um how big uh, a deal. I mean, how, how massive has preparation become for you? And you mustn't be loving life, especially from a commentary side as well. Great to hear you on the box. Yeah, thank you. The commentary has been uh, an interesting challenge, let's put it that way. Uh, we dabbled in a bit of it last year. We were doing a streaming offering for the Sunshine Tour during the Rise Up series when uh, when golf resumed professionally in South Africa, and um, it was a challenge. Uh, different uh, different skill set. I mean, you understand what uh, what goes into the commentary stuff. Um, and, and this has been sort of taking it up uh, another notch. Um, it, there's been a lot of work behind the scenes that goes into making these events happen. Um, the guys at Supersport have been unbelievable. Mark Jury, Louis Hudson, who've, who've really sort of championed getting live golf back on Supersport. And obviously from the Sunshine Tour, you know, Selwyn Nathan is the outgoing commissioner, Thomas Aptis, the new commissioner. They've, um, they've been incredible in, in bringing everyone together, making sure that this can happen getting the sponsors involved that allow this to happen and, and everyone's sort of sat around the, the same table and we've, uh, we've managed to get live golf back on, uh, on Supersport which is just unbelievable, the response has been incredible, everyone that we've spoken to is so excited by it, everyone is so grateful for it as well. Um, a lot of the guys that I have spoken to said it gives them a great opportunity now to go and approach sponsors because they need them to support them through their careers and what better opportunity now if they are visible and seen on TV, they can then go and approach people and actually offer them something in return. So the spin-offs are, are incredible. Um, and, you know, we try and do the, the product justice each week and, and hopefully people are enjoying the coverage. You're doing a phenomenal job and, and kudos to you. And 
uh, obviously I'm biased uh, given the Supersport connections, but it, it has been phenomenal to see. And I mentioned it to the two earlier players, Hardis. We are experiencing almost a resurgence in the Sunshine Tour, seeing it on television, not just the bite-sized stuff that we used to see from Richard Knight every day. I can imagine from your side preparing for an event of this magnitude being televised. It, does it give you sleepless nights? How was this week in preparation before Thursday morning tee-off? It's something you get, obviously get used to, but um, just uh, also Mr. Maspero on the on the TV. It's lovely hearing this guy. He's got a lovely voice, <laughs> and I think that's where he belongs behind the mic. But anyway, from that, yeah, obviously three months ago we were approached if we want to host this or not. Um, I gave the guys a quote. They accepted it. So then the preparation starts. I mean, you start looking at your at your fairway cuts. Uh, your um, your fairways are shaped. You look at your greens. If you want to do some uh, shaping on your greens as well to protect some areas. And then, yeah, it's long hours. I mean, uh, this morning I was here at 4 o'clock already. My whole team, this afternoon, we're going to double cut the greens again uh, and roll them because we're running at about 10 and a half at the moment. We want to try and push it up to 11 and a half on the stem tomorrow just to get it a little bit quicker and also hopefully firm it out a bit. Um, but, I mean, preparation is uh, all about uh, obviously doing the right things. I mean, uh, with the experience you've got, that also helps a lot. Having hosted a lot of tournaments in my uh, times before, especially at Pinnacle, we had quite a few. So, uh, but it's always lovely. I mean, when I went into the, the OB van today with uh, Louis and them, Louis Hutting, with my chairman, and uh, they show us the pictures from there. I mean, it's just unbelievable what the course looks like. And for, for someone like him that just started playing golf, to see it from there, all of a sudden, you can see uh, the, the, the eyes actually lit up and he says, Hargis, look at that, look at that, look at that. So that's just a fun part as well, yeah, just getting the golf course in great nick. And, well, and I mean, you say that, it's also on the back of a lot of rain in Joburg. I mean, we had a lot more rain than, than we used to lately. It's also tough to keep a, good in, uh, a course in good condition under those, under those uh, circumstances. I mean, how much of an impact has that made on the, the condition of the course for the tournament? So we had 46% of our annual rainfall in January and February this year. So uh, very tough. I mean, I thought at one stage we were really living in Scotland because we didn't see the sun. Um, no, it was, it was uh, obviously a, a big challenge, especially when it comes to funguses on the greens. I mean, uh, grass don't like shade and water. So if you combine those two, the grass is not happy. It's like a, a bread you put in the cupboard. It sweats. It's not happy. You start getting uh, fungus on your bread or whatever. So grass is much the same. Um, like I also said to Richard, I, I don't think many people know about our um, slip we had at number 12. We had a big slip there where... The, the soil uh, in front of the houses, uh, there was, we had a subsidence there. And that happened on the 3rd of May last year. Mm. Just when uh, COVID obviously happened to get a phone call from the guy that was staying just above at Rufus, phoning me and saying, yes, but you better come here and have a look. So that to me was actually worse than preparing for this tournament because that was a lot of stress because I knew he has a lot of work. But obviously that's fixed now and we're happy. <laughs> Listen, I, I won't lie, it was a little bit nice for me. So uh, I had never broken 90 here and then I came and played with Murray... Mary White, uh, and obviously as well, 12 was the temporary par 3. So it was a par 70 course. So when I told everyone I'd shot an 89, I didn't tell them that I'd been given two free shots. So I took it. I took it. You, you know the first time and last time that I played here, obviously it had been moved over. We had the, the 18th, which was way back. It didn't uh, come here towards the end. And it was at the time when that popular video came out with that guy drinking the sunburst juice. And it was to the, the, the music of uh, Fleetwood Mac, Dreams, uh, I think is the song. 
and we wanted to try and jump in on on this uh, the, the, this very popular thing that was going on, along on social media. And one of the guys that we were playing with actually works for a juice company. So he said, "Listen, we've got to make a video trying to capture this thing." I said, "Great, let's recreate it." So I'm having the worst time of my life here because I'm hitting everything into the rough and I can't find my balls. I've lost like 20. I've got a spotter with me who absolutely hates me. Like the back line is basically saying, just, I said, what do I do? He goes, just hit. It doesn't really matter. It's going to end up in the bush anyway. So we finish up on the 18th and we realize, damn, we've got to do this video now. Okay, cool. There's no one here. We've got a long fairway. Great. So we jump on. We're on the golf course. Right? And the spotter's on the back watching these what are these guys doing? What a bunch of morons. Because they spent like six hours in the golf course, all shot in the deep hundreds. And here they are filming this video. It was great though. So it did kind of help us film that video. Uh, but it was, uh, it was tricky to get past. But uh, it's a lovely place. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and another thing that also makes uh, Ibotsi a little bit different from a lot of courses is, uh, firstly, that you have a very uh, famous coach here right now. But also is your driving range. Because your driving range is not onto a piece of grass where you're aiming at a lawnmower. It's, it's into a massive dam where you're aiming at a speedboat. I mean, it's such a cool concept. It's something different. Most of us get scared by water, but it uh, seems here we encourage everyone to hit it in it. I, I mean, was that just the way it was? Or do you find that like, Coach Grant uh, in, enjoys it uh, because of the, how different it is? I just think another special old thing for Matka. I mean, for him to think about that was probably, a, to me, some of the most special thing he did here at Ibotsi. I mean, to tell guys, listen, you go into the range, you're going to get a few balls in the water, and he says, okay, but I'm going to get the balls back. No, don't worry, we'll dive them out. <laughs> <laughs> I think Granty, um, you know, I mean, we, we, we're very privileged to have Grant coaching out of Ibotsi. I mean, Grant has grown in stature. It's nice to have him here. Um, also, I mean, I go for I did go for one or two lessons from him, but I don't have time to go and practice like Christian Masainat and these boys. I mean, like all of us, I mean, we've got a day job and you have to work. But uh, yeah, I know that driving is awesome, but like I say, to have Grant here being involved, that is, that's great. Well, and you bring up Christian. Christian is obviously, for, for years now, it was Ernie and Retief, it was Louis and Charles, you know, with one or two other South Africans. Christian seems to be leading the charge of the next, the next generation. But the likes of Jaden Shaper, Vilko Nunaba, I mean, the names that we've seen, Garrick Hecho, all coming through. Rich, I mean, who's the young players that we should watch out for that you've seen in this uh, little three-week series so far that uh, are maybe names we don't all know about yet uh, that are quite impressive? Yeah, the names you've mentioned are, uh, are the ones who are really making the waves now, aren't they? Obviously, Jaden plays out of here as well, so... We see a lot of him here at uh, Adibotsi and also does a lot of work with, with Grant on the range and with his academy. So Jaden certainly one to watch out for. But you look at the youngsters, I mean, um, Christian Moss, um, Casey Jarvis, these sort of guys are, are making big waves um, and are, are really sort of part of the, the next generation. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like the, uh, the current generation is done yet. They're, uh, they're still proving themselves. Um, Volk has been a phenomenal talent um, for quite some time and is only sort of starting to deliver on that potential now and showing what he can do. But we've, we've just got such an amazing abundance of talent in South Africa that, I mean, the guys that you just spoke to now, Henny and, and James Kingston, I mean, those guys are still competitive um, and still in the hunt here midway through the tournament. So it's just remarkable to see from, from that age through to the youngsters who are, who are in the hunt as well just what South Africa is producing as far as golfers are concerned. Rich, as we spoke, it is the third tournament uh, of uh, the Sunshine Tour, the new uh, Sunshine Tour that we're thoroughly enjoying. Uh, first couple we had uh, over at Royal Joburg, then followed up with Dane Fern. Um, I, I, I don't know if you got to see it, Rich, of course you did. 
Uh, what were those like? Yeah, very good. Um, nice to see different courses being used. So it's not the same type of course week in, week out. Um, Royal sort of traditionally plays long and nickname of the Beast of the East and uh, is generally sort of fairly punishing for the guys. Um, Danefern was just a, a birdie fest and that was fun in its own way. And, and this week at Ibotzi is just something completely different. So it's nice that we're moving around. We're seeing different courses. We're seeing different facets of the the professionals play being tested as well and and that's good to see that's what you want to see you want to see different venues different places and uh you know i guess different scores being posted uh, by the professionals and uh rich you've played ibotsi what is what's the best you've shot here trying to think now actually <laughs> 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 i've done a right around here it's one of those courses that if you play well, you'll score well. And, and I love that about a golf course. Is it, it's never going to penalize you for, for, for you know, good shots. It, it'll reward you. Um, it's always in incredible condition. Uh, it's just a course that, that suits me. Um, and as I say, I, I generally wind up playing well here. I mean, I, it must be the company as well and the people <laughs> that are here. But, uh, you know, just as, as sort of part of that, um, I actually saw Dale Hayes here yesterday. And, um, and Dale said, you know, it's not often that I go to a golf course these days and actually want to play. And he said he'd forgotten how amazing this place is. He says, if you had have asked me to play, and I won't mention the names, this course or that course, he said not even for a 1,000 or 2,000 or 3,000 rand would he bother. But if somebody said to him, would you like to come and play a Botsy now? He'd actually say yes. So I'm that's, have uh, to invite him. <laughs> you'll have to invite him as well. But I mean, that's uh, about as good a compliment as you're ever going to get if you're going to, to coax him out and onto the course. So uh, everybody seems to love it here. It's just a, it's a special experience. It's a different experience and something everybody has to try. Yeah, I, I'm keen to try it again, Hardis. If you don't mind, I, I need to come and reclaim my name <laughs> on the golf course. You know, you know what happened, actually? You should play against Richard. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but can I just say, this will make quite a nice four ball. I think we must have yeah, a go. I think yeah. so. So, so, so I've got to give you a little bit of intel. Uh, we've created this company called Raider Golf. And uh, we had this tournament that we've kind of pumping up over the last uh, month and a half. And we go and play at Serengeti. And we just drew names out of a hat in terms of who was playing who. I get drawn against Richard. Uh, Richard <laughs> plays off a two. I play off a 32. And I was like, oh, my goodness. This is not going to work. And uh, there, there was method to my madness because... He wasn't going to wear our Raider Golf shirts and a bunch of other stuff. I made up a bunch of excuses. I managed to get out of the match and played a friend of mine. And we actually ended all square on that day at Serengeti, which was a lot better than what would have happened if I played Mr. Maspero, as you referred to him as. It would have been uh, over by the 10th. Yeah, well, Richard did shoot, I think, an uh, even par round or one over that so day. I actually played against Murray that day. So Murray, yeah. yeah, yeah poor, poor Murray. <laughs> Murray <laughs> looks like he can handle himself. Yeah, he, Murray he, he can, can get it around. But, uh, yeah, when Richard is on fire like that. Um, but Derek did end up losing his match anyway. So he's out it didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, we, we played Royal Joburg West the next day. And then I, I was three up after three. I ended up losing three and two. Uh, but funny enough, you mentioned uh, East, and I'm playing East next week, which I'm quite excited about. And we speak about East because that did host uh, the very first uh, tournament this year, the Sunshine Tour. So I caught up with uh, Chris Bentley, and this is what he had to say. We're in the third event of the Sunshine Tour over at Ibotzi, but it all kicked off on the 5th of March. It was the Kit Kat Group Pro-Am taking place at Royal Johannesburg and Kensington. She's uh, one of the... Undoubtedly, one of the, the prettiest and best courses in the country. And uh, I'm privileged to be chatting to the CEO, Chris Bentley. Chris, yeah, man, uh, what, a, what a great week you guys enjoyed uh, for the very first to kick the Sunshine Tour off for, for the new year. 
Hey, Derek. Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast today. Um, yeah, what a wonderful week it was. Um, absolute golfing nirvana. The weather played along. And it was just great to have the course back on TV and see all the pros out there. Uh, now I'm chatting to well, <laughs> one of the guests that we do have uh, is uh, part of Ibotzi, and uh, of course I'm talking about Hardis Moritz, and, and, and he spoke about not so much sleepless nights taking place uh, ahead of the event, but uh, certainly was it was a fairly stressful time, especially given the impact that Supersport had with the the, the all-run coverage uh, that they are providing for the Sunshine Tour. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been quite a trying season. Um, you know, we've had so much rain, um, particularly in January. And so the course preparations and all that kind of thing, it, it, it really was quite trying for the teams. Um, but fortunately, since then, the weather's played along quite nicely. And I think from the, the pictures that I've seen of, of Ibotzi and what we managed to produce during KitKat, I, th- I think everything has come together quite well and uh, aesthetically it's been beautiful. Uh, tell us a, a little bit about uh, Royal Janisberg in Kensington. Uh, and I played it for the first time not too long ago. I was played on the West Course. Uh, haven't quite conquered the beast yet, the beast of the East. Uh, I am going to that. They're very uh, a massive thank you because I'll be playing that in a couple of days. But it's a storied history when it comes to arguably one of the most famous courses in South Africa. Yeah, so I mean, Royal's uh, celebrating 130 years this year. Uh, established in 1890, we've got two wonderful golf courses. We've got the West Course and we've got the East, which is our championship course. And um, yeah, we, we're just proud to be at the forefront of developing the game of golf. We've got uh, 1,500 members of the club and we've just entered into quite a large-scale property development scheme, which is also exciting. And uh, we're plugging in lots of lifestyle and family elements. Um, in the next month, we're going to be uh, starting development in our family center, which includes a kid, kids club and fitness club. So it's very exciting taking it to you know a new level, a new chapter uh, for the next 130 years. And, and how did the tournament play out? Uh, scores were... We're not high. They went low. I, I know the following week we were over in Dane Fern and the players seemed to really enjoy that course. It wasn't as easy though over at Royal at Royal Joburg. Yeah, I think um, you know quite interestingly the East Course. It was the first time we've hosted a professional event since we did the renovation in in 2017. And our main objectives during that renovation were to obviously respect the uh, traditional re- design of Robert Grimsdale's. Uh, we looked at maintenance costs, aesthetics, but most importantly, we wanted to make it far more enjoyable for the club golfer and far tougher for the professional. And what we found during KitKat was it was far tougher for the professional. Um, when we hosted Joburg Open uh, prior to seven, 2017, we had, you know, for four rounds, we had 22 under to 25 under par winning. And so for three rounds during KitKat, 12 under par won. Um, and I think the guys found it a, a really good test, but also a fair test. And that's exactly what we wanted to achieve. Yeah, yeah. Out of all the many, many South Africans playing, you ended up having a, a Welshman win it. Uh, and what was he, his comments on the course? I'm talking about, of course, the, the winner, uh, Reese. Yeah, Reese loved the golf course. He <laughs> obviously um, he remembered it from, from Joburg Open and he noticed a lot of the changes. He was very complimentary. Um, yeah, I was very sad that uh, Jake couldn't get it across the line. I think, you know, Jake's just such a great guy. Um, and he played such good golf during the week. 
Um, but yeah, Reese at the end, he deserved to win it. And uh, we only heard good feedback from the players. Oh, man. You, one more thing I've got to ask about, and I saw it advertised a couple of days ago, and I think it's a fantastic initiative in the build-up to the Masters. I know it's weird, given the fact that we've just watched the Masters towards the tail end of last year, but you've got the, the Par 3 Challenge open to members, which looks like a fantastic event. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, you know, on a personal level, you know, it's, it's probably my favorite member event of the year because you get to involve the whole family. You know, I bring my son down and my and my daughter, and they get to run and enjoy dad's work. And our, fam- and, and our members bring the family down, and it's just this, this wonderful event. Um, and, you know, obviously ce- celebrating that master's aura, we always manage to attract a couple of celebrities, and we do a nice kind of Q&A session in the evening. Last year it was Brandon Stone um, and Darren Fichart, which was great. And so, yeah, it's just a wonderful family day and we, we make a lot of pimento sandwiches and, and just have a good day out on the course. Oh, it sounds spectacular. I'm going to try and uh, make my way over there in the next couple of years. I'd really, really be keen to get involved. And uh, anyone else that wants to get involved, simple. Uh, become a member over at Royal Johannesburg and Kensington. It's a spectacular course, as was proven in the opening event of the Sunshine Tour. Chris, kudos to you and your team on a job very, very well done. And uh, here's to plenty more events taking place at your wonderful club in the future. Thank you so much. Yeah, looking forward to many more wonderful events and good luck to all the pros this week at Ibati. So great to hear from Chris. And uh, yes, it's uh, a third event on the Sunshine Tour done and dusted uh, as we look forward to future events. Serengeti coming up uh, next time round. Hardest kudos to uh, you and your team on putting on a, a spectacular event. Thank you very much. And I must just say, uh, Richard, I don't know you were too handicapped. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him play. He's a bit of a ringer at two. It's, but. <laughs> it's out there now, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, just, I just made it up. <laughs> it's there and thereabouts. I just want to just say, I mean, uh, to you guys, uh, very professional. Nice to sit here next to Richard as well. And it's an awesome thing you're doing. And I uh, wish you all the, the best with your company growing and growing. Yeah, thank you very much. And we look forward to that football. We'll, we'll organize it. And, and uh, that will be on the house, boys. Thank, we look thank after you. you. Okay. Thank no, I look forward to it even more. Well, De- Derek, your round will still cost because you've got to pay for your own golf balls. <laughs> Listen, boys, uh, I'm not going to sponsor the balls. <laughs> Shame. You know what they did for me the other day? It was actually really cool. It was my, my 40th birthday. And we played uh, that morning at Serengeti. We played at Whistling Thorn. Thank you very much to Mark Renwick and his team. Always a spectacular hosts. And that evening... Surprising to me, I didn't realize my girlfriend had planned a, a surprise birthday party. And I get there that night, and there's everyone there, including Ty. And Ty had given me a gift, and there were golf balls. So Gary Player designed golf balls, and it said uh, DA 40th, my birthday. I was like, oh, this is amazing. And Ty said, oh, well, here we got you an umbrella too with the logo, because you know those are going to last about a week. <laughs> <laughs> At least something that the logo will stay on. <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Ty. Ah, it's a pleasure. Do you still have the golf balls? Uh, I haven't played since. Ah. Actually, I have played. I played at Sedge Links. You'll know about yes. that. Coming from uh, down at Pinnacle Point. What a lovely little course. Yeah, awesome little course. I just want to say, if you had your name on your, on your ball, you probably never, never hit your name away that many times. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what happened the other day? We played in a tournament and I, I went and bought a bunch of balls for myself. And a friend of mine, Hank, he said, oh, please, can you get some for, for me? So I said, yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> went and bought a bunch of balls as well for him. And I drew a penis on the one. <laughs> And I gave it to him. I said, here you go. And he played with that thing. And 
he's never struck a ball better in his life. And it lasted for about nine holes. And then I think on the 10th, it finally, he goes, no, my penis ball. <laughs> I mean, the, the looks we just got from all the tables here is amazing. But Hink has never stroked a ball as well as that. Gents, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of uh, this spectacular tournament at a spectacular course. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. So that wraps up the first show of Raider Golf here at the beautiful Ibotsi as part of the Karting Championship presented by Betway, the third event on the Sunshine Tour this year. Si, that was great. Yeah, fantastic. So good hearing from legends like James Kingston and Hineato. Uh, I mean, two men that have lifted the SA Open. That's the dream to sit here and chat to them. Amazing stuff. And then to hear from arguably South Africa's voice of golf. If it's not Dale Hayes, it's Richard Maspero. And uh, Hardest Moritz, who has every right to be proud of a sensational course offering. I, I've always referred to him as Maspro, and after Hardest spoke, now Maspero, that's all I'm going to call him now. Uh, I, I don't know which is the correct uh, pronunciation, but uh, I'm not going to ask. I, I, what, what's more impressive, Derek, is that you actually went on record with uh, your decision to avoid Richard. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure it won't get edited out afterwards, so... <laughs> but. I mean, that, that obviously you brought it up. It's Raider Golf. We've got the great shirts that we partnered up with Capital 23. We're looking to make some more. So, you know, people need to follow our Instagram account. It's Raider Golf. Follow, see what we're up to. We're up to a bunch of nonsense. We've got the Raider Golf knockout. You and I are both in the plate because uh, we, we were lambs to the slaughter to guys, uh, to Hink and Wade, respectively. Um, we know that right now the guys are busy playing in the cup quarter. So it's building up to our final on the 1st of June at Serengeti where we want to you know give you as much coverage as we can we're going to have some cool competitions going out some cool partners so just make sure you're following because things are building up and it's going to be special and of course as much as we can along with the Sunshine Tour events there will be this podcast you want content you want golf content that's what we're there to to do 100% and if you want to hear legends like Henny Otto James Kingston and more. I mean, we're absolutely surrounded by them. So great to see the massive names walk past, chat to us. And, and, and that's what the listeners, of course, want. And that's what we want to bring you because it is great to have golf back. It is great to be part of the Sunshine Tour. And overall, South Africa is a sporting nation and we're crying for more live sports. And, and again, congratulations to Supersport on taking the initiative and uh, giving it more coverage. It's the coverage that it certainly deserves and, and we're hoping to do it justice too. Absolutely. As, as we always say on other podcasts, if you want the content, we're there to bring it. And uh, that's what we do here with the Raider Media. And of course, this is Raider Golf.